You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. From across the stars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and the Ragtag Crew are here to bring you stories of adventure and excitement from a galaxy far, far away. Get ready for tales of merciless bounty hunters, courageous heroes, and sinister villains from the core worlds to the outer rim and beyond. Hello and welcome back to Faster, More Intense, a Star Wars podcast. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and joining me on this episode, we've got special guest Megan uh, to talk about some Darth Maul stuff. How's it going, Megan? Going great. Yeah, awesome. I before we jump into our main topic, which we're gonna we're gonna dig into some Darth Maul. I we're gonna talk about a little bit of news. I am going to put a disclaimer up front. We're talking about the character Darth Maul. We're not going to talk about... Uh, we might talk about Sam Witwer, because that's fine. We're not going to talk about Ray Park right now, because uh, he's had he's had some, some troubles in the news lately, and uh, we don't need to get into all of that stuff here. We're going to talk about the character uh, and his journey, uh, which we're going to just go ahead and separate for the nature of this conversation from the actor Ray Park. And anything that may or may not have happened in the in the recent uh, past, which I, yeah. Anyways, it's a whole complicated mess, and we don't need to get into it. Um, that's a that's a different podcast altogether. <laughs> um, but uh, before we do that, let's uh, let's talk about this news that has like literally just happened today. Um, I so there they. A, a, f- a few people have talked about this, I guess. And it was reported by The Hollywood Reporter mm-hmm. that uh, I, season three of The Mandalorian I should go ahead with no problem, um, uh, the, the production of it, like the shooting of it, because of the nature of, of using the volume, right? So because they're on this isolated set, they're not going to locations, they're very much in control of who can and can't come to set. Uh, they, uh, John Favreau was talking about it and saying that they're very comfortable um, with being able to control that environment and make sure that everybody is safe and can uh, and can come to work in a safe environment. So that is awesome news. Um, it's I will be honest, not surprising to me at all. It was it's one of the things that I've been saying is that like well at least you know for for Kenobi and and uh, and Mandalorian and the Cassian series it's like they're going into a bubble anyways <laughs> right well, like it's on top of that um like they were talking about in the article about how they're even working on making it even more remote so you can have even less people on set yeah. which i thought was really interesting like having um like kind of virtual banks almost is what i think they were calling it like a cell block or something um yeah. but yeah basically you'd have uh as little people on set as possible and then most of the stuff would be going to remote 
uh, rooms so that, you know, they can look at the data in real time, but they're not actually there on location, which I think is pretty awesome. Yeah, that's it. That's very cool. That's a it's a it's a really cool idea because because yeah, they're already very self-contained within the studio. But then, yeah, like Video Village can be in a separate room, right? Like they can almost like put it behind glass sort of thing and put everybody, everybody that's operating, whatever can can kind of be in their own spaces. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a very, very cool uh, idea. Um, and, and it's great that that, that look. Like, we've talked about it a bunch on this podcast already that the Mandalorian has pushed the boundaries for what, uh, what we can accomplish, uh, with, with, a, a live action star Wars, um, and, and the scale that they can, can make the series look, uh, with, uh, really a very, very small budget and, and some, uh, as Han Solo would say, sim- simple tricks and nonsense. Right. I, it, it's, uh, it's, it's very cool. And, and I, like, I, I think George would be very proud of the, of the crew over at, at, uh, the Mandalorian, uh, for being able to, uh, put that tech to, to, to work in order to continue producing star Wars in the midst of this very unprecedented global pandemic that I'll just remind everybody is still happening and, uh, you should wear a mask. Uh, <laughs> Definitely wear a mask. I I think it's really cool that um, because they're using video game engines and doing all of your previs ahead of time, um, you can really do so much of the visual effects work and the you can plan everything out ahead Mm -hmm. of time so much. And and that uh, advancement in technology is so great for the storytelling. But it's not only that, but it's really really coming in handy now because yeah they're able to do most of their planning out before they even get on set which is like awesome to me um yeah that that is something i'm definitely looking forward to in the industry things get more going there (laughs) yeah and and i think i think what you'll see and i said this a few episodes ago i think i think uh what what we're gonna see soon uh is disney especially in this environment doubling down on the volume the concept of it and i think we'll i think we're going to end up seeing a bunch of these um these well let's let's call them bubble studios uh popping up because they've obviously also got the marvel projects that they have to keep on track um because without that stuff disney plus is kind of dead in the water so like, cause that's where their original content that, that that's driving the platform is coming from. It's either the, the star Wars stuff, the Marvel stuff, or, or some of the exclusive animated content. Um, so I, I think what we'll actually probably end up seeing is some feature films also utilizing this technology. I think it'll start to make its way into a lot more film production, which to me is actually, I think it's a really positive thing. Cause I think it's the, it's, uh the 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 antithesis of um the problems that that movies like the prequels and i uh, i mean like like other movies from that era sky captain in the world of tomorrow is one of those ones that always jumps to mind where they attempted to do that completely on green screen um where the attitude is we'll film this on green screen and then we can kind of do whatever we need to do in post um so a lot of the that production time was spent after the fact, right? It was spent 
um, in the post-production process, as opposed to the way that that they've talked about. It. If you everybody's watched the 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 gallery series for the Mandalorian, they they kind of end up flipping that process, like you were talking about, Megan, where they have to do the the pre-production ahead of time um, to the degree that they would do the post, right? Yeah, I mean, a million percent. And you're still going to have to have post at the end yeah. to smooth your edges. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I I can, I can't tell you too many details, but I mean, your, your uh, prediction about feature films moving in that direction is a million percent correct. Um, I know my former job is uh, currently building one of those bubble studios at the post house. So, um, yeah. yeah a lot of visual effects houses are moving in that direction. So yeah. it's, it's definitely the industry is changing and uh, everybody's uh, learning unreal right now. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. I mean, I, it's I, as someone who's been, been playing video games his entire life uh, to see that technology, which actually like it's, it's, it's very funny. Because in 1976, when they're making Star Wars, we've got one of the first computer graphics in a movie ever in the Death Star briefing, right? Where we see the very, very simple dots moving on the screen. And that's one of the first ever computer images. And then that idea was taken and translated into Atari games, right? And later on down the road with the Star Wars Atari stuff and and the Star Wars arcade game, you see that stuff going into it where it's like they're taking these these uh, wireframe ideas from movies like Star Wars and Tron and translating them into video games. And then to <laughs> see it and then to see it going the other way now, like where video game tech has has progressed to the point where that rendering technology is so sophisticated that it can be brought back into the movies to the degree that you can create photorealistic environments if you have enough computing power, right? Like that's really, that's the thing that, that stops you. But yeah, so it's, uh, it, it, it's really cool to see all that stuff coming back, uh, back around full circle and these two things informing each other. Um, it also means that like that some of this stuff, I think you'll see the visual effects and the video game studios working in tandem in the near future where, where like for Battlefront, you could have a, a model go from one to the other, right. To, to cut down on production costs. I mean, I, if you look at the future of storytelling, I think, um, I mean, VR is not quite there yet, but you mm. definitely, and I think you're always still going to have something where you're not interacting with it just because, I mean, we still have older forms of storytelling, but as, as far as where it's going, you know, I look at stuff like Vader Moral where it's immersive and you're part of a story, but it's like very elaborate story. Yeah. And I'm like, I think eventually that's, where kind of like storytelling is gonna go i mean maybe not for a long time um but you know definitely the technology is heading somewhere in that direction and we'll, we'll just kind of have to see how yeah. that goes um but yeah it's it's really cool there's the fact it's a cool place to be um oh and i didn't realize this until i was looking more into it but i and it's probably old news but uh phil tippett is coming in on the mandalorian uh season two and three and i'm i'm just like oh my gosh i i, I love that man and everything he has ever done um yeah just like 
visual effects legend. So, um, yeah, just mm, fans growing up. You got to imagine. Look, I. <laughs> you tell me that Phil Tippett is going to be involved in something Star Wars and, and specifically the Mandalorian. The first thing that I yeah. go to is, well, then they must need a rancor for something, right? Like, <laughs> that's what we bring Phil Tippett in for. It would be really cool to see as much as like seeing the blurgs in in the form that they were in in Mando in season one was very cool to go from what they were in the Ewok movies. <laughs> and then even what we saw them as in, in Clone Wars. Did we see them in Rebels? I think we just saw them in Clone Wars, right? Oh, do we see Bra- Bergs in Rebels? I, I don't um, we definitely see them in Clone Wars. Because we, because I'm just thinking, because we do catch up with Cham at a certain yeah. point, right? So oh, I, we do. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I need to do another Rebels rewatch that's like not based oh, yeah. around our song at some point. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, I, but but uh, it would also be really cool to see some very modern stop motion or or uh, like like puppeting. Um, I, in, in the way that Phil Tippett is, is best known. I mean, I always, I always think of the, the stuff that he did, the, the, um, the early development stuff on Jurassic Park before they decided to go fully, well, not fully CG, but like between the large puppets and the Mm -hmm. CG for the Raptors. And when you see his, his go motion, I, I, I like pre-pro stuff that they ended up using as animatics for the Raptors. I honestly like I I love the the CG that's in Jurassic Park, but there's a there's like a magic to stop motion slash go motion, right? Like there's just there's yeah. something really really like ethereal about it that for certain types of stories, maybe for Jurassic Park it was it was the best idea to go with the CG for something like the Mandalorian to come back and to do some go motion characters or do some stop motion characters, um, I would be so cool. I think, I think it would actually fit really well with the world that they've crafted. I mean, even if they wanted to save time and do something similar to what the Lego movie did, where they're like replicating that frame rate, um, with the animation, but it's still through the computer so that they don't have to spend all that time doing that. I think that would be super cool, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, like stop slash go motion is is a beautiful art form and mm-hmm. it definitely lends this kind of like flavor to whatever you're animating that's really cool <laughs> yeah it's just it's yeah it just has it it has a different kind of life to it right i mean like when you look at at some of the movies that have come out recently like like kubo is is one of those movies that's like it's so so beautiful um <laughs> Yes, stuff like that. They they um I would love to see a little bit of that magic in Star Wars. And and the Clone Wars actually kind of tried to in season 1 emulate that a little bit, right? It was supposed to be sort of like the the marionette maquette uh sort of look and that's why the the hair didn't move and stuff like that. Like there was a little bit of that attitude going into the Clone Wars. Hard. <laughs> yeah. They've uh, they, they definitely moved away from that in later stuff, but um but but the spirit was still kind of there so um cool i let's jump into that other piece of news this uh uh, excerpt from the uh the 
What it's like it's what's it called? It's Clone Wars Light <laughs> Stories of Light and Dark. Uh, yeah, Stories of Light and Dark. Um it's a short story um like collection and uh Rebecca Roanhorse um did a short story about Maul and uh Sam Witwer uh, is doing the audiobook version and they dropped like uh 13 minutes of the audio book for uh, that short story in particular um today so that was really really exciting to me i pterodactyl screeched and listened to it like three times in a row um <laughs> yeah <laughs> just it was it was so good uh just that's like, awesome yeah we're like going through all the his because he his voice acting is freaking amazing and he he did a really really good job with it it's it was uh, it was very music to my ears like i i know it's audio but you know it was just like ah yes the <laughs> <same one." laughs> um yeah i mean like sam Witwer always kills it uh no matter what character he's playing whether it's wow at this point he's star killer he's the the son he's darth maul he's uh, I he's got other roles as well, I think, right? Because I think yeah. he 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 did a voice in Resistance as well, but I can't remember who the character was. Um, but but he's definitely dropped in on on a lot of Star Wars projects. Um, so yeah, I yeah I can't wait for that for that full audiobook to come out. Um, uh, James Arnold Taylor is doing another section. They got some other yeah. people. I think it's going to be like really good. I've been really impressed with the Star Wars audiobooks um in general lately. They've been doing like really good with the sound mixing and stuff and yeah. adding extra stuff in the background so it's like you know you you feel like you're there or something. Yeah. yeah. They they my one criticism is that they overuse I think the 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 track is Anakin's Dark Deeds from Revenge of the Sith. Do <laughs> It's in every audiobook and it's it is persistent. It is every time that something kind of yeah, like something kind of kind of a bummer is happening, they they use it every time. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Um cool. Uh well, I think that's it for our news right now. So with that, we're we're going to take a little break for our ads and then we're going to come back and uh, and Megan, you are going to uh, you're going to teach us a little bit about Darth Maul. Okay, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. I hope you enjoyed the ads. I, I, or just skip through them. I think, I think most people just hit that. They just hit that forward thirty seconds button a couple of times, right? Um, um, you'll see us charged. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We all do it. I. Uh, it's fine. It pays the bills. Everybody's happy. I. Uh, awesome. <laughs> We're gonna dig into we're gonna dig into Darth Maul's journey here a little bit. Um, you have an awesome thread on your Twitter profile. I uh, if you want to throw your throw your Twitter user out there for people to uh, to to go follow. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter um, at m e g a n j w r e n uh, Megan J Run. It's my name. It's not very creative. <laughs> Probably should have thought about changing it before turning it into a uh, Star Wars stand Twitter, but here we go. It's too late now. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, um, yeah. You can also find me on um, uh, Instagram and TikTok as uh, Rogue underscore Wonderful. Um, yeah, it's mostly cosplay stuff. 
but yeah, there we go. Cool. Um, and uh, and so you you've you have this thread and 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 it's it's very uh, uh, it's obviously focused on Darth Maul and and relating his journey to Sisyphus. So so sort of bringing in some of that mythic stuff, which is a lot of what we've been talking about um, uh, this this in this sort of chunk of episodes that we've done. Um, is the mythic storytelling in Star Wars and and hero's journey type stuff. Um, so I I just wanted to kind of dig into that with you and yeah. uh, and and talk about this great character because um, uh, longtime listeners will know that over the last little while, certainly um, since the beginning of this year, Darth Maul has moved up the the ranks in my favorite Star Wars characters. Um, and, and a lot of that has to do with, uh, with, with the animated stuff, right. With Clone Wars. I mean, I would certainly say 99% of it has to do with the animated stuff with Clone Wars and then Star Wars Rebels. Um, and, and season seven of Clone Wars obviously, uh, closed out a a big question mark in that character's storyline. Um, and, uh, and, and filled in a lot of the blanks. We still have a lot of we still have a lot of open spaces in his story um, that we need to fill in where, how he gets from the end of solo to his first appearance in star Wars rebels is a little bit, is a little bit of a mystery, but I, I, but we've got so much Darth Maul story at this point, both legends and official Canon. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I'm, you specifically uh, pointed me in the direction of, so 2017 comic series, right? The five issue miniseries. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's honestly my favorite mall story. It's great. Um, half of it's just because I fell head over heels in love with Eldra Cadis, who is a minor character. Mm-hmm. Um, we all do that. I, I, someone said that, um, the mark of a Star Wars fan is that you have your favorite characters, but then you have an obsessive character that you're obsessed about that like is just a background character that nobody yeah. cares about and there's no content for. <laughs> I, I, I'm that kind of my experience. Um, yeah. <laughs> which I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm super lucky in that, in that for me, that was Hondo Onaka. Like, and, um, and Hondo has become like a central character in a bunch of stuff. So I can't really claim that anymore as like my favorite sort of like supporting character from star Wars. Um, Because now it's like, he's a, he's, he's featured in, in the smugglers run ride at galaxy's edge. Like he's, he's a major part of the theme park. So I think a lot of people know who Hondo is now, but, but for a long time I was like, yeah, Hondo's the best. And then, and then he would pop up, in everything animated, even the Lego stuff, he would pop up and, and you'd be like, well, obviously he's going to, cause Jim Cummings is just a genius um, and wonderful and amazing. And now they've got a, they've got a black series, six inch figure for him. So it, I think like, that's the, that's the point in time where you have to like go, okay, now I need a new, I need a new one of these characters to become obsessed about. Um, I, I, and for, for a minute there, I was really into Beaumont Kin. I, I, right after Rise came out until I discovered that the only reason that he's in the movie is because he, he, he won a bet. So JJ just went like, well, I guess we'll just stick him in here with all these lines. Um, but I do still kind of like the character. He's a, he's an archeologist in the star Wars universe. And that seems like fun to me, but, um, but yeah, back to Darth Maul, back to Eldra, Eldra. How do you, how do you pronounce it? 
Uh, Elder Cadis. Cadis, okay. Um, yeah. That's yeah. Right, but, it, it it's a, it's a, it is an interesting story because so much of it is not about like the the mechanics of the plot um like that is really just a a, a, a setting to get you into the the headspace of Darth Maul um it takes place before the phantom menace um that so, um interesting thing uh it like wikipedia like it happens sometime before um them, but like, like Wikipedia says, it happens the same year as the Phantom Menace, and I'm, I've I've been trying to wrap my head around that because, like, uh, honestly, I think you'd, it would have happened to happen at the beginning of the year or something because, like, that's some major, uh, like that's some yeah. that's some major. Like, I can't I can't imagine him going from that comic like directly into Phantom Menace. That's a little bit too much for me, honestly. But yeah, um, yeah. but it it happens around that time period for sure. Um, so just to kind of set the scene for it, for those who haven't read this, this miniseries, this, this sort of, uh, it's like a, it's like a one trade paperback. Um, essentially Darth Maul is annoyed with Palpatine, with Sidious, and, and he, he just wants to go kill a Jedi. That's, that's really like, that's the plot. And, and he, he quote unquote accidentally stumbles upon this. Yeah. <laughs> stumbles upon this this uh padawan uh who has been captured by an underworld uh, uh criminal group that they're gonna auction her off and uh and so he's gonna he's basically wants to go intercept this padawan so that he can test his metal against a jedi without palpatine knowing um and uh look hey palpatine knows everything right so I, I, it's a, it's a, there's a great moment at the end of it, but if you don't want to be spoiled, uh, I guess we've kind of already spoiled a bit, but if you don't want to be spoiled any more than that, I would say go, go, it's on Marvel Unlimited. Uh, if you, if you can, uh, get a, get access to a subscription to that. Um, and, uh, it, it's actually a very quick read. It's a very, very quick read. Um, but, uh, an amazing, uh, audio book recording on YouTube that you can find, um, like, some fans just made a fan audiobook recording, sound mixed it, it's voice acted. Uh, they have the panels all animated. It's beautiful. It's about an hour and a half. You know, if that's more your style, go for that. <laughs> uh, what's the YouTube account for that? Um, I think it's uh, Star Wars Audiobooks. I'll, oh, sorry, I'll double check that. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I remember you had pointed me in the direction of that, and I had, I had started uh, uh, watching one of them, and and they're actually really really well produced. Um, yeah, so so like that's just kind of like the mechanics of the story, but the real meat of it is is the inner monologue for Darth Maul, right? That that whole aspect of it with the with the thought bubbles and what he's thinking and sort of like it's really interesting because he's kind of got like this shame about it but he's also he's darth maul he's a sith so he's very prideful so he's kind of like he's he's kind of conflicted throughout the story um and you you've related his his journey to sisyphus to the mm -hmm. to the to the myth uh the the greek myth of sisyphus can you can you expand on that i'm i'm gonna stop talking i'm gonna let you talk for a bit all right oh well, um the main thing 
you know, I think, uh, sorry, collecting my thoughts real quick. The main thing about this comic and Darth Maul's thoughts in this comic is it really just kind of sets the tone for um, how he feels and what he thinks and that mindset that he's never actually going to get out of for the rest of his life. And um, it's it's like he he wants purpose. He wants this holy war. He wants revenge he wants he's been taught to hate uh several like this comic um i mean even queen's uh queen's peril even has this bit where ek johnson uh just like he was taught to hate um it and he just wants he wants to matter to someone hopefully that's palpatine because weird dad complex Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, more than anything, he wants to belong to something. He wants to belong to this destiny. He wants to be the one who he he's got a crusade, and he never can let go of that crusade, even when it's taken from him. Um, it, it, that whole like aspect of like I've been raised to do this one thing my whole life. Um, just kind of is the that's his rock that's that's what he pushes up this metaphorical hill um because if he if he stops and thinks about it or does anything different then he's gonna have to face himself and that's too scary and he's too afraid and so he'll he'll never do it he 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 just won't He, he just won't and um yeah i mean that's that's kind of like the crux of the character and why he's so interesting to me is because he's he's definitely like a character that knows what's going on knows what's right and what's wrong um has so much fun being bad but like when it comes to having a choice or when he has the opportunity to connect or do good things he he just can't let himself because he's too afraid um but yeah uh so like when he's uh like looking <laughs> sorry oh yeah i i went off on a tangent there but um no, it's yeah all good. That, that this whole thing is a tangent it's all a tangent yeah, this whole thing is a tangent but yeah um sisyphus in in greek mythology um is punished by the gods in the afterlife to push a rock up the hill um and never actually gets it done and then um he has to start over again and that's that's his eternal punishment and uh very famously in that like very famous rant um we had uh i'm blanking right now uh but yeah we we had we've had multiple people we've definitely had dave filoni um say that you know maul is sisyphus Mm -hmm. and he's in on the joke and he knows it um so it, what's interesting is when you look at Sisyphus, though, the reason why the gods hate Sisyphus and punish him is because Sisyphus is too smart. He, he knows their secrets. He's afraid of them because he doesn't want to get punished and he knows their power, but he knows their secrets. And so he doesn't, Sisyphus does not respect the gods. He doesn't care. He, he does what he wants. <laughs> he, 
he does that. He but he he knows the god's secrets. And so he he knows of Zeus's affairs. He knows of like what awaits him in the future. He he knows that he he tricks death into um like getting himself uh, wrapped up in chains one time um because he's like, "Oh no, I don't know how they work. Can you help me?" Uh, can you can you show me how it works? And then uh, Death is like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll show you. And then he he traps Death in chains and walks out of the underworld because he's just that he's just that dude. He's he's just that slippery dude. And and that's that's small. That's that's small. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yet... He knows he knows the god's secrets. He knows yeah. he knows Palpatine's secrets. He knows Palpatine wants to take over. But, and he's afraid of him, but he doesn't respect him because he doesn't feel like he's being used to his full potential. And that's where we catch him in this comic. He's hunting wrath cars. He's like doing all kinds of stupid stuff. He's going in bars, causing fights. He's stalking Jedi because he's like, well, you spent this whole time, like my whole life training me and you aren't going to let me do it. Well, screw you. I know better <laughs> because... Um, there's the sunk cost fallacy here, you know? It's like, you, I went through all this and you're not going to let me do this? Well, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. And it's great. It's so fun. It's so fun. <laughs> it's, yeah, it, I, I think it's funny because you pointed out the timeline aspect of it. And I would, I wouldn't, I personally, and this is the thing, I'm, I'm going to put this, this, this disclaimer out there for everybody. It doesn't matter what continuity or canon says. If you need to reconcile something in your own brain, you are fully. Uh, I, I I'm not giving permission. I'm just saying that, like universally, like if you need to to say to yourself that story doesn't make sense if it's within the same year as the Phantom Menace, which I would agree with you, it doesn't. Like, there's no way that that mall is the same one that is standing on that veranda with Sidious. That's like. That I mean, there's a little bit of the like. At last, we will have our revenge. But he, it is very much that mall in in Phantom Menace is one that has recognized his place in the story and is is ready to fulfill his purpose. The mall that's in this comic, he's a bit more of a child still, right? Like he's kind of an adolescent. And I mean, he's late teens, early twenties at this point. Yeah, because he's twenty. The Phantom Menace. And oh. it, and yeah, it feels like he's pushing the boundary, right? He's he's testing the limits to see what Palpatine will allow and what he won't. And I do think like ultimately it ends up being a very important lesson for Maul because Palpatine at the end is like, I knew what you were doing the whole time. I didn't stop you because like this is yeah, you know, what he says is that the the Sith are born out of defiance. So mm-hmm. it's within the Sith's nature to to defy your master. And because because Maul's kind of like, oh, I failed the test. And and Palpatine's like, did you did you fail the test? Um, so so, yeah, like like I think that is it is definitely an important step in him getting there. But but I think that there's more stuff from the mall that from the inner monologue that we were getting in this story to what how we see him in the Phantom Menace. There's a there there are a few extra steps in there, right, for him to realize his uh, the role that he has to play and to to reconcile that I think. You know, it's interesting um what you said about like 
you know, pointing out Palpatine's like, oh yeah, I knew the whole time. I set it up. Of course I did. Um, my my question is like, how how much did he actually set it up? And like, did he he set this up as an alternative? Because um, if you like, uh, there's this short story in like uh the Myths and Legends book about that um, like Sith apprentice that gets turned to stone. But they talk about the Sith training and how like at some point inevitably in the master apprentice like Sith training relationship the master is going to have to come up with some kind of scheme to keep their apprentice busy otherwise the as as the apprentice grows stronger um because they're afraid that the apprentice is going to try to murder them <laughs> yeah well and I, and I think that there's an element there it is definitely um because of the way that Palpatine tra- treats his apprentices, he gives okay. them he gives them what they need, right? Like he gives them the things that they require in order to keep them on the leash. And and Maul in that analogy is is very much the an attack dog, right? As opposed to like like someone like Dooku who is much more um like like training Dooku and, and bringing him into the fold as a, as a Sith Lord was, had a very specific design to it of, I need, I need someone who can be a public face, but is also a part of it. Like Dooku's a patsy ultimately, right? Like Maul, Maul never could have fulfilled that purpose because Maul, I mean, just look at him. He, he's, he is a monster on the outside and the thing that makes him interesting now is that we know that the inside doesn't necessarily match. And obviously the story with Savage informs that as well, because we oh, see, yeah. we see Savage's transformation from uh, not an innocent, cause he's a night brother and he's a warrior and all that stuff, but a little bit more um, I, I, of a not neutral. I, it's, I, I'm having a hard time figuring out the way, the way to put this nuanced. like savage really cared about uh for all and cares about protecting him and cares about his brothers and hates the injustice of the system they're in but is powerless to stop it and is really just angry about it i think yeah yeah so th- there's definitely more of a of a tragic hero element to savage um, but that translates into Maul, right? Because then it like what it does, the, the purpose of having him referred to as Darth Maul's brother is is to, is for us to connect those dots and say that these two characters twins. They're literally twins. Are is that is that in left canon they're twins. Okay. Um, I mean, but this is Kaisina's Darth Maul's mom, so like who who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, like like the from a story perspective, we're definitely supposed to connect that that Maul was taken, uh, and Maul was taken at a younger age. He, like he was, a, and we see it in this comic that he's he was a child, right? Uh, when right. when Palpatine started molding him into this weapon, um, and that's exactly like like he he was taken to become a weapon, just just a, a, a an instrument, and and that's when when we see. Maul in the Clone Wars when he starts to realize that Palpatine has already like that it's started like that that the Clone Wars have begun and that that part of the, the that phase of the plan has been enacted without him he starts to realize oh maybe 
maybe Palpatine never intended for me to be at his side for this part of it because it's Palpatine. He, 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 foresight is his greatest ability, right? So, um, and that I think that's where you see Maul once he regains himself. Uh, so in, in, in the second arc with him, right? I, I, when, when the Death Watch stuff comes in in season five, um, you start to see him in again in defiance <laughs> push that boulder up the hill right i i and try to create uh his own clone war within the clone war um in order in order to build power and and never with i don't think that maul ever has the uh like the audacity to think that he's going to beat palpatine I think that the whole thing is just always look at me, look at me, acknowledgement. Like you said, like the like the the the, the daddy issues. Right. Like, I, I have many nicknames for Maul. One of them is Darth Daddy Issues. Um, <laughs> I, I, I affectionately call him uh, Murder Tomato Son. Um, yeah, there there's yeah there's many nicknames for him, <laughs> but uh, Dad yeah Darth Daddy Issues is definitely one of them. I mean, like Palpatine raised him, yeah. like. He has no, um, like legend legends at least. Um, like he was like raised in, on Musafar in a cell in a room with like no windows for the most part of his childhood. Uh, his only like mother slash friend figure is a droid that uh tortures him as part of his training, which that's got to mess you up. And the only kind of family figure he has is. Palpatine, who's his master, but is also kind of his dad, but is also, you know, his abuser. And it's, it's, yeah, Wrath, Wrath of Maul is an amazing book, but it is a hard read. It is, it is nothing but wall to wall child abuse. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, you know, like, uh, I, I, which we should come to expect from Palpatine at this point. Um, <laughs> if you, if you want to look at one reason why, you know, you, I mean, Katie Horn has pointed this out multiple times and it's brilliant, but nobody really thinks about this. And and this is all Katie Horn. But it's like, there's a reason why you're trying to keep Luke and Leia away from Palpatine, because we know what happens if you have Palpatine raised kid, you get Darth Maul. That's what you get. Yeah, well, and 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 obviously the manipulation of Anakin, and then and then now we know the manipulation of Ben Solo as well, right? Like, I it, there's a through line here. <laughs> there's 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 a through line here. There's a through yeah. line here. There's a through line here. It's yeah, all cycle. Uh, um, but yeah, back back to Mall Cycle, because I mean that's that's the thing about Star Wars. It all it. It's all circle. It's all chaotic storytelling. There's circles within circles all the way down. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's the thing about Maul is like Maul keeps pushing the rock up the hill. Um, Every time he gets taken down by something, he'll he'll just keep going and keep pushing because he can't change. um, Because then what was his purpose then? What was he here for? If he doesn't push the rock up the hill then what's he gonna do with himself he he doesn't know he doesn't want to know he he's too afraid to know um like when when he says i i'm fear 
fear's my ally. He's not just saying that, you know, he utilizes fear, you know, to the dark side. He's also, you know, saying he's too afraid to do stuff. I mean, that's that's the truth of it. Um, but you know, it, it's like, uh, uh, not only does uh, it kind of go on in like this kind of almost linear, like push the rock back up the hill, it goes back down. But uh, in true chaotic story fashion, um, you kind of have like A, B, C, B, A kind of structure going on where um, things kind of repeat themselves but are slightly different. And um, yeah, I mean, that's what we see with, uh, you know, Savage and Ezra. Like they're two very different relationships. Small reacts to them differently, but they echo each other a lot mm-hmm. because, um, you know, uh, in both relationships i mean truthfully in all of his relationships um like darth maul like can't let himself be vulnerable enough to like actually like connect with someone as an equal he's gotta he's he's just used to the rule of two um so that means that whoever he talks to is you know gonna be his apprentice (laughs) because there's no way he's gonna allow himself to be uh under somebody's thumb again which which is interesting to think about on a couple different levels. But yeah, I mean that's that's a tangent in another direction, honestly. But yeah, um you got uh Eldra and Obi-Wan kind of mirroring each other. Um you got like Savage and Ezra kind of mirroring each other, and you kinda got Ahsoka in the middle, which is really interesting to me. Um, you know, as far as like chances for change or doing things different or maybe like breaking the cycle. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the 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 dynamic we talked about this a lot on Rebel Cells. I, I obviously towards the end of of season seven, um, the the dynamic with Ahsoka and Maul, and Ahsoka's pause in that moment when Maul is like, "We can, we can stop him," right? And it's it, obviously it echoes it echoes Vader to Luke on Bespin. It echoes. I, I both Ray to, to Kylo Ren and, and then Kylo Ren to Ray in the last Jedi, I, I, and, and rise of Skywalker. Like it's the, that, that dark side Sith, uh, compulsion. It's so funny. Cause I think that, I think that what it comes down to is, uh, uh, the Sith because of, because they come to power through pain and suffering, they're often isolated and alone. And definitely that's how Palpatine wants his apprentices, right? It's again, he's an abuser and it's a classic abuser tactic, right? It is to isolate your, your target. So, um, you see them like reaching out and, and trying to join together with someone. And Ahsoka, Ahsoka has paused for a second with Maul because I think because of the story with Asajj, Right. Because it's because it's so similar there. There are so many similarities there to her. Um, and she saw Asajj go from this villain that they were hunting at one point. Um, and that she fights. She fights Asajj in season one, which a lot of people forget because very early on in season one, very early on in, in her history as a character in Star Wars, she actually fights Asajj and doesn't do too bad. She she holds her own kind of. Yeah, there's the. Ahsoka is a very accomplished duelist in her own right, yeah. even before yeah. he gets the Anakin training. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but then obviously at the, in season five, uh, with the, 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 uh, uh, her, her arc is leaving the Jedi and all that. There's the episode where she basically teams up with Asajj and the two of them, I, I feel meet in the middle, right? They, they both, they, they both experience that loss of their master apprentice relationship in very different ways. But but they relate on that and they meet in the middle somewhere, not the Jedi, not the Sith. Um, and and when Asajj leaves Ahsoka, she leaves her for the better. Right. Like like that, that encounter with Ahsoka is what tips Asajj over the edge back onto the path of the light that we see her follow through on and, and make her ultimate sacrifice in dark disciple. Right. So I think that Ahsoka looks at Maul and goes, is there a chance here? Is there, could this, could this be another one of those? Like there, the, the, she's obviously very different from, from Obi-Wan in that respect, who, who assumes, you know, Anakin is lost. Right. Um, once the dark side takes you, it's the way Yoda says it's forever. Will it dominate your destiny? Um, but Ahsoka, I don't think believes that. I think that she she walks this other path. And so in the future, when they encounter Maul in Rebels, there's a there's obviously that history between them, um, which now I really, really need to get back to that. I'm I'm in my rewatch. I'm close. I'm almost to the point of Darth Maul coming back in. Um <laughs> But that dynamic with the two of them is 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 very interesting because it is very um, it's very nuanced and a lot of the power in it is on Ahsoka's side and that drives Maul crazy uh, and you see it whenever they the the way that he says Lady Tano it just drips right and and it's, it, the the tension is so good it's yeah. just it's at the snark. The snark. You you know he was waiting for like 15 some odd years to like drag her as like in that part and a part-timer. You know he's been like thinking about that in the back of his head for like at least five years if he ever runs into Yeah, summer. yeah. He's just he's just skulking around in the dark going like if I ever see that, if I ever see that Asogatano again, I'm you know what I'm gonna say? You know what I'm gonna say? This is what I'm gonna say. And he's like, he's played the scenario. Yeah. He's a little he's he's a little bit loopy when he comes back in Rebels. I mean, come on, like he he spent his time like part of his time in season seven skulking around the sewers, like coming up with the most elaborate, um, like elaborate like speech of what he's gonna say when he sees Kenobi again, <laughs> or yeah. um, or you, you know when uh he, okay so um I I just read. Uh, Queen's Peril recently, and um, uh, she goes into Dark Mall a little bit. E.K. Johnson does, and uh, it's like she doesn't go into him very much, but the part she does, it's just like he's like looking around and he's like going around the hangar and he's like deciding like where his entrance is. Like he's like, okay, so they're probably gonna break in here, and I'm gonna be like here, and I'm gonna be behind the blast doors, and it's gonna be so cool, and then I'm gonna like draw them in here, and I'm gonna separate them. And then yeah. I'm gonna, and he like flips over the shoe and kind of wonders where it goes, and then doesn't really think about it, which I find absolutely hilarious. And um, then he's like, "Yeah, no, I'm, I'm gonna like, yeah, I'm gonna be in the behind the blast doors." He's like, "Already, he's like, he's planned this out 
Yeah. Um, yeah, you can even see that in the 2017 comic uh, when he's like, he, because Eldra keeps being like, hey, so I know you want to fight me to the death. Like, I know you want to fight me to the death. Come on. Like, so are you just going to do it already? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of tired of you jerking me around. He's like, no, the setting has to be perfect. We can't have any interruptions. Everything's got to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, the theatrics of it is very important to him. I care about this. You are not going to ruin this for me. And and what's funny is she calls him out on it, too. She's just like, um, no, no, y- you might think that, but that's an excuse. It's just because you don't want witnesses and you're afraid what uh, your master will do if someone finds out. I think you're the apprentice. <laughs> And it's like, ah, I, I love Elder. She's smart. She's funny. She's great. Uh, <laughs> it's, it, yeah, it's a shame we don't get to see more of her. Uh, how, how, how badly did you want her to want Maul to try and turn her? Uh, he contemplates it at one point. Um, bad enough that I'm writing fanfic about it. So <laughs> perfect, perfect. That's exa- That's that's the answer that I was expecting. Uh, yeah, it's. It is it's it's so good because I'll I'll give them a lot of credit. The the design of the character is so good. I uh, just like just from an aesthetic point. I, I cosplay Eldra. Yeah, okay. Yeah, she she just she looks great. Um and uh, uh and then yeah, like she's she has this this real strength of character and I like how how she talks about how she's like I I I'm just uh, like you don't want to fight me. I'm just a Padawan. You want to fight a knight. Like and and by the end of it, Maul is kind of like essentially when she when when he kills her at the end, he's like, no, you are a Jedi. You're not a Padawan. Like like this was your trial, and you may have died, but like you you like he sort of in in a way in a very dark twisted way, he's almost knighting her. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely a weird dynamic, and um, I but yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, I think I gravitate to her so much because it's like she's like because she's got that like voice saying she's not good enough. Um, but she is, she is. She's been imprisoned by the Zrexis, you know, whatever for who knows how long um you know about to be sold in prison probably not great conditions um you know and she and Darth Maul fight off a whole planet full of bounty hunters like multiple rounds of bounty hunters and then they have a fight to the death and she actually beats him she buries him under an avalanche and like of course he's like surprised and like comes out and like stabs her but you know it's like come on like she she beat him she she won yeah like she won the duel like i mean ultimately he wins because you know he lives but you know it's like it, as far as like the duels concerned yeah she totally kicked his butt and i love that i love that it's it's so great <laughs> yeah yeah she does she does uh get the upper hand on him and she 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 tricks him right because uh, it's a, it's the the classic I uh, I you missed and it's like did I miss uh, and and the the wall the rocks collapse on him but yeah it's uh yeah I it's it, it it is a really great it's it's so funny because it's such a simple story 
but there's there's a lot going on in it which which is often the best kind of story in star wars i think where the plot is very light the plot is not that important um but it's it's the motivations of the characters and the the we haven't even talked about the fact that cad bane is also in the story along with aura singh aura singh is just window dressing but but cad bane yeah. is great um no, he, he's so good in it. good story for them too yeah um <laughs> Yeah, because it's just like you need some. It's it's a very, it's interesting. It's a very Clone Wars story, even though it like it's very much like a like a two parter Clone Wars episode, even though it takes place before the Phantom uh, Menace. Oh man, I uh, I'm I'm just imagining that as like a three part animated. I wish that I really wish that Lucasfilm Animation would would get into the the animated feature uh mode of like like what dc does with their stuff where oh. where they they'll put stuff out and it's just kind of like a one-off sort of thing and like just just treat it that way like let's just tell a cool story but the comics do that as well so it's it, it works within the comics you know it'd be great too um son of dathomir i know it was originally yeah. slated to be anthony animated it that's such a great story too oh my gosh and yeah and that it was originally supposed to be animated and then it turned into a comic and it's a very amazing comic and i love it but you know every time i read it i just like see the lines of like darth maul like losing his mom basically after he just connects to his mom and they're being evil together and it's great and then uh like just I I was robbed of hearing uh, Sam Witwer just, you know, screaming, you know, as he's being dragged away uh, to the ship. Because that would have been some amazing voice acting right there. I mean, we got it in season seven. So, you know, fair. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've definitely look, we don't have any shortage of Sam Witwer screaming in Darth Maul's voice. Uh, <laughs> he's, we've definitely got a lot of that to pull from. But you're right. I mean, it, 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 uh, with all that stuff that was meant to be in the Clone Wars that ended up uh, in different forms, like with both that and although the arguments is always made with Dark Disciple and I can't help but agree with it. We actually get more from Dark Disciple because it's a novel than if it had been the arc that, that it was intended to be in the Clone Wars. Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, and, and, and the hope is that we'll get to see that Boba Fett Cad Bane story in Bad Batch that 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 that'll make its way over there but um yeah man I I before we wrap up is there anything else about about Darth Maul that you want to touch on I mean we we haven't really talked about Star Wars Rebels that much and obviously his death and 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 his final scene with Kenobi but I just talked about that last week on last week's episode when we talked about our top OT moments so um but uh, is there anything in there that you wanted to touch on? Um, I mean, only that, like, um, you know, I mean, we could we could talk and cry about Twin Sons for forever, honestly. <laughs> but um, it, I mean, I think what really uh, gets me about, like, especially if we bring it back to the 2017 uh, thing, is that uh, how similar those fights are. I mean, the beginning fight is more drawn out, obviously, but, um, like, the 2017 comic has a lot of the same story beats where uh, they, you know, and 
Eldret and and Obi Wan both like kind of like, hey, do you really want to do this? Do, do you really want to do this? And and in both of those uh, stories, uh, Maul gets defensive and angry because that's what he does, and he just is like, yeah, no, we're we're gonna do this. I don't care. We're gonna do this, and uh, you know, it ends up badly in uh, <laughs> Twin Sons. I mean, but you know, it's it's interesting. Uh, He's he's a really cool character. Uh just really cool. I just I I just could go on. Uh, we've been like rambling all over the place. This has not stayed to any kind of like structure at all. Um It's okay. It's conversational. <laughs> but that's like that's okay. But yeah, I mean, I mean that's what that's what it comes down to is, you know, it's our you know, are you happy when you have your purpose are you happy when you're willing to do something different and what's keeping you from doing the something different Hmm. and you know in maul's case it's fear it's fear of himself it's fear of trying something new and you know uh you know quarantine's uh given all of us a lot of us a lot of interesting uh set downs and you know things and you know it maybe you know having that lesson of like okay maybe it's time to try something new you know maybe that's not the worst lesson that we could get out of 2020 so <laughs> yeah um but yeah no check check out um you know if you if you want like just kind of like overall like everything you want to know about Darth Maul uh check out uh Katie Horn's um like it's a marvelous life panel from last uh, Star Wars celebration. It mm-hmm. was amazing. It just kind of goes over everything, uh, and uh, yeah, you can find a lot of stuff there. Like, there's so many stories I didn't even know existed um, from Legends that I've just been devouring since uh, that panel, and it was great. And I highly, I, I just highly recommend it. You get you get fun stuff like um, you know Darth Maul going into a bar and force. Uh, like mind wiping the bartender so the bartender will stop making fun of him for drinking water. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think my favorite moment is actually um, Darth Maul's like it's it's in Darth Maul's Avatar. It's a short story. Um, this is from Legends, but he's like there's this butterfly. Um, he's on this planet called. Dorvala and he's like kind of looking at everybody and he's like oh man they're all so lame because they don't have a purpose and they're just like doing their lives and life is cheap and I'm gonna be angsty and emo about it and he's like snatches this like giant fist-sized bioluminescent green butterfly out of the air and he's just kind of like holding it in his hands and you think he's gonna crush it because he's you know he's thinking like life is cheap and like whatever but then he's like man I wonder what would happen if I had like been raised here and Sidious hadn't raised me and Mm. man, would I actually be happy? And he lets the butterfly go. And then immediately he's like, no, I gotta, (laughs) I gotta go back and do my mission because that's what I'm meant for. And it's like, that's, that's so Darth Maul. He's like so extra and so (laughs) dramatic, but also like very tragic because he's always going to be like, he'll get this close, like this close to, you know, connecting or being vulnerable or doing something, but then he's like, nope, can't do it, not gonna do it, 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah, and that's, I love him. <laughs> he's a great, he's a great Shakespearean villain. Uh, it's um, so <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the key of what, what Dave Filoni tapped into with that character when they brought him back. Uh, and, and obviously I, George had a lot of influence on that cause it was his idea to bring him back, but just the, he's, he, yeah, he's, he's got all of those great sort of, I, I monologuing soliloquizing, uh, uh, traits of a, of a Shakespearean, uh, misunderstood hero. Uh, cause that's in his story. That's what he is. He's the hero it's just that people don't understand the galaxy would be a better place if everyone would just bow to him. Right. That's the, that's the, the, the tragedy of the character, but. Oh yeah. But yeah, no, I, I could, uh, yeah, no, I, I could talk about Darth Maul for a really long time and we could go all over the place. And, uh, you know, if you're at a party with me, I will corner you and talk to you about Darth Maul. I'm sorry. It's just what happens. Um, but you know, yeah, this is, this has been a really fun conversation and time and yeah, we gotta end yeah, up some I, point. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it has been good. It's awesome. I uh, thank you so much for, for coming on and talking about Darth Maul. Um, and, uh, look, I, I, this, it, for your first outing on a podcast, you did very well. Um, oh. I just, I'll put that out there on the record. I, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. It was really good. Um, if people want to find you again, what, what's what's the best place for them to go? Check out your 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 thoughts on Darth Maul and your cosplay and whatnot. Yeah, um, check me out on Twitter, um, Megan J Ren. That's W R E N. Um, or you can check me out on Instagram or TikTok on uh, Rogue underscore uh, Rogue underscore Wonderful. Um, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> uh, you guys know that you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at arkwolf a r k w u l f, and uh, and and yeah, that's it. That's it for this episode. Uh, thank you so much, Megan, for coming on and talking about Darth Maul with me. Uh, and <laughs> thank you everybody for listening, and uh, and we will catch you on the next episode. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Star Wars FMI. If you like what you hear, you can support us in two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch, or by heading to patreon.com thunderquack to kick in with your monthly pledge of support. Your pledge gets you early access, exclusive podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you.
Faster, More Intense is part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com for more great podcasts.